attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everybody. Hey. Another week. It's the same thing I say every week. Another week. I need to come up with something better to say when we start things. Well, I say hey, everybody, every time. Like, I'm, I don't know goofy or something. Hi, everybody. I know. And I, I caught myself, like, I really, my auto default is to go to hello, 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 which is, uh, if you haven't seen it, one of the greatest shows ever on HBO with one of the greatest actresses who frankly should have all the Emmys and Academy Awards and who? doesn't. Lisa Kudrow, The oh. Comeback. <gasps> I love that you're referencing The Comeback. <laughs> I love The Comeback and I totally forgot hello, about hello, that. Hello. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I love the uh, comeback. I love it. The one of my favorite bits from that whole series, both seasons were great, and I love that there was like multiple years between the two seasons. But yeah. like the bit where she's like, "I don't want to see that," when she's like standing in front of her yeah, fridge in the middle of the night, that. redoing it. Yeah, yes. I love it. Love it. Love it. Or oh. or the, <laughs> this is awful. But actually, fun story. When I used to work for CBS, mm-hmm. for some reason they had. Uh, a bunch of the props from the comeback at the <gasps> CBS Broadcast Center in New York. And I was down in the props room getting something. We were trying to find a couch for an interview or something. Yeah. And I walked in and I was like, that's a giant cupcake costume. <gasps> yes. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the so gigantic great. cupcake from the fat buddy, fat bat like, yes. scene where she's having that nightmare. Yeah. was sitting in this like props office at the CBS Broadcast Center in New York. Who knows why it was there, but it was there. And I lost my mind, and the guy had no idea what I was losing my mind over. But anyway, if you haven't watched Comeback, go watch Comeback. But F- Folks, uh, Gen D, sponsored by <laughs> The Comeback, a television show made by I HBO really... like over a decade ago. <laughs> well, no, the last season was only a couple of years ago. Yeah, but the first season was like 2005. I know, I know. Oh, you can put my... I can't even say that on this, but there was another amazing... Se- anyway, oh, we could, we so could do an entire podcast on The Comeback now that I'm yes. realizing this. But this isn't The Comeback. This is Gen D uh, <laughs> podcast about Disneyland, not about Lisa Kudrow. Um, Though we're open to suggestions if anybody <laughs> thinks we should do an exclusive Lisa Kudrow uh, we, podcast Lisa, series. Just Lisa, about if you're listening, <laughs> please join us. You love Disneyland, right? Who doesn't? Well, we know Courtney Cox does. Oh, yes, we do. We talked so about that. If we could ever like land Courtney Cox, which... Let's be honest, that's never happening. But we would have an entire season of podcasts from one sit down with her. And we could actually then launch our Scream podcast. That yes. should be a thing. Anyway, back to the topic at hand. Disney. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm feeling the withdrawal, Dana. Oh, no. Bad. Bad. It's been like three weeks. I know. We were there three weeks ago. So naturally, it's time to plan another trip. Yep. But yep. so Kurt and I were talking. You know, after we did our big uh, husbands podcast the other week, mm-hmm. Kurt and I were talking. We were like, we really we we need another trip. But then we were <laughs> like, do we go to Disneyland or do we go to Disney World? And then I was like, Disney World. <gasps> when do you we want to go? Well, we want to go like now, but that's not realistic. No. So we're looking at maybe August, which I know, I know, I know, like death of summer and. August, but it, it'll be fine. Dude, it's the end of July right now. You can't go next month. It's going to be so hot. It's already so hot. You can't go to Florida in the summer. I won't allow it. Well, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Be, now that we learned the trick with the fan on the stroller, Noah will be totally... No, he won't. It's no. a bad idea. But we're, we're feeling the withdrawal. We want to go. Because really, the only Disney thing we have planned right now, Yeah. which I'm acting like this is a bad thing, 
but like going to Alani in December, which is going to be amazing. But it's not that far away either. December is really far. You're going to go back. It's to half Di- a year away. You're going to go back to Disneyland. You no, know, we'll I go know. again this October and or we, something. And I don't hate me for saying this world, Disney world, but we also really want to go to Universal because I've never been to Universal Hollywood. I've been to Universal Orlando. Oh, you know, yeah. I have an annual pass. Uh, I know. It's great. You know, if you have been, if you've only been to the Universal Orlando, this one is like teeny tiny. It's like an eighth of the size of Universal Orlando, but it's still really fun. It's a good, you need a full day into those parks and you don't really need more. So if anybody's looking to book Universal California, I would say just one day. Don't don't spend a lot of time. Yeah, there. and I don't I, I love that Universal gives you the option to pay to not do lines because any chance I have not to do lines like when we went to Universal Orlando, we stayed. I think we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. We stayed at one of the top hotels yeah. or whatever it was. And it was literally like fifty dollars more to stay at this hotel. But we got the Universal Express Pass. And so, like, if we're going to do Hollywood, I know it's a day, but if it's one day, I don't want to spend my day in lines. And the crowds down there have been insane like you're watching on different videos and everything else so down in um orlando no at hollywood oh really stupid busy yeah oh you know i've gone honestly i go on weekdays if i go and i have a strategy when we get there we go right down to do jurassic park or jurassic world kurt Kurt actually really wants to do it it's so good like it would be worth the price of admission just to do that and i want to do the backlot tour Backlot tour is solid. It's yeah. it's fun. And you know what? You can take Noah on the backlot tour. Yep. So that could be fun. Okay. Note to self, okay. we're figuring a weekend out. But I, I, all these feels of like wanting to go back to Disney World, because last time we went to Disney World, it was like mid-pandemic because we were those yeah. people who went in October of last year. So I, who knows? I think, I think the target is maybe around Noah's first birthday to go and make a trip out of it this winter. When it's a little more tolerable in Orlando. Um, but I was really missing it because I just listened to, I've heard before all of you people, I'm special, so I've heard this. <laughs> uh, Dana did an incredible interview with her friend, Andrew, Andrew yeah. and who is a former cast member of multiple different hats. I listened to it the other day and I was floored over one thing. <laughs> and it is like... The awesomeness of custodial at Disneyland. Right? Disney parks. Like, forget being the, like, you know, person who hits the button at the Matterhorn or, you know, the person who's picking fingers out of gears at Splash Mountain. <laughs> as we <learned. laughs> Uh custodial now i get it custodial get is it. where it's at it's yeah. so cool so folks you're gonna hear uh, a dear friend of mine andrew speak about his years of working for disneyland and a little bit of time at disney world he actually works in finance and he did a professional internship in finance but he also talks about doing the disney college program and during his disney college program out here at disneyland he worked in custodial and something that I kind of never thought about custodial or really put any effort into thinking about it. I learned so much. So without further ado, enjoy this interview with my buddy, Andrew. Andrew. 
Hi everyone, so I am so excited to share with you that I have a very special guest who's here at Gen D Pod today. This is my friend Andrew, and Andrew has a really awesome, unique experience working for Disney in a lot of different capacities. Andrew and I actually met each other through his wife, Katie. So Katie and I did the college program out in Orlando back in like 20, 2008, I believe. And I've stayed in touch with Katie all these years. A year after the Orlando Disney College program, Katie did another one in California where she met her now husband, Andrew. So Andrew, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk with you. I, you know, I love your story. I love, first off, I love that you met your wife through Disney. And I think that is so sweet. And I want to hear all about that relationship and how Disney has just been a big part of your relationship. But I also want to take this time and have you explain a little bit about these two super cool roles that you've had. You've done both the Disney College program and a Disney professional internship. So, yeah, I want to first hear a little bit about how you learned that the college program existed and why you joined up with it. Sure, absolutely. So I grew up in San Diego, California. So I went to Disney once a year, basically, was our kind of annual trip to come up. And then uh, I loved being in band in school. So we got our extra free trip. Or maybe if you were in the some organization, you might get a free trip here or there. So and I was a huge roller coaster nerd. I mean, if my... <laughs> AOL Instant Messenger name is Coaster Andrew because I love roller coasters. So anything relating to that, I was in. Um, and then nice. once I got to college, I all you hear about is, oh, what internships are you going to get? What internships? So the first thing I do, I don't know, Google, does Disney have internships? And that's when I found out the college program existed. So I remember my freshman year at Gonzaga, I was sitting there and I found those old videos where it's like, someone on the college program and they're walking around and, oh yeah, I work at this store and, oh look, this manager used to be the college program 20 years ago. And it just hooked me from that point. And then uh, I decided to do it my junior year. That's awesome. I guess we should probably explain to people who don't know what the college program is, what the heck we're talking about. So yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, by the way, have a similar story. I read about it, I think before I even started college and just knew about this Disney college program in the back of my head. And then my senior year of college, I reached out to Disney and got some more information and I ended up going through uh, working with them as a character. So I went and auditioned and all of that, which I also know your wife did too. But um, yeah, I, I thought it was so cool. So just so everybody knows the college program is this program, both at Disneyland and Disney world where students who are in college and whatever type of college, community college, all I think up to graduate school, um, they can participate if they want into this sort of, you know, on campus Disney journey where you get hired as um, one of the different roles within the theme park. So this is a good opportunity if you're looking to work in a theme park in whatever capacity. And then for both land and world, they have housing that they let you stay in for a pretty subsidized price. They have a lot yeah. of kind of community things that you can participate in and you just make a lot of friends my best uh not my best man my maid of honor at my wedding who's still one of my best friends i met as my roommate at disney so yeah both of my wife's uh or maid of honor and then one of her bridesmaids were both 
roommates or good friends on the college program and we still have regular zoom chats and meet up with people all the time so it's one of my closest group of friends to this day and it was 10 years ago so yeah. it, was, it was an awesome experience yeah mine too i'm closer with my college program friends from disney than i am with my actual college friends <laughs> i don't doubt it. i mean you're living with them you're living and you're working and when you spend that many hours together and it's fun because it's a little bit of a break from college and classes as well. So you just you just get to have fun. It was one of the first times I kind of felt like an adult in a way because I was working, living, just kind of living that young life. And it was it was a blast. Yeah, same. So tell me, um, you signed up for the program. What was that process yep. like? So they have an online application where you have to say where you go to college because they have to verify that you're, like you said, in school or at least just graduated. And then you signify which coast you want to go to. And then you get to choose, you do like kind of a basic interview questions just to see if you're remotely qualified to work. Then you have to do a phone interview uh, where you get to basically show your Disney spirit. They, You could have all the qualifications in the world, but if you're boring, they don't want to hire you. Because we know Disney, you, you want to have that pep. You want to be excited. They want cast members. So if you go in with a big peppy attitude and talk about your love of Disney and this and that and don't say anything stupid you'd be in good shape to get in. And that's what they want to see. So I did that interview and then you get to rank all the different jobs that you want. Um, Cause it's everything that you see in the parks is what you get to do. Um, this isn't like working in the offices behind. No, you're, you're going to be facing guests and working with them. So mm-hmm. um, I, I, I think it was, you can list, I think it was up to 10 or so, but I listed my top three or four as my, my priority. You aren't guaranteed to get them. Uh, it's whatever they mm-hmm. have and wherever they, place you um so if you pick the most popular one attractions which i would assume would be the most popular you're gonna be fighting Mm -hmm. with everybody else is there a good chance you'll get it yeah there's tons of attractions but there's a chance you could get something else and so i think i put attractions at number one because it sounded the most fun who doesn't want to push the buttons on a ride uh i weirdly put guest research at number two which is the people who do the surveys at the end oh yeah yeah because i thought it would be cool like oh man maybe i'll get to like analyze all the data and look and see what everybody's thinking, uh, do all that back end research, not realizing that, no, what it actually is, is you're the person taking the surveys as you get out of the park. So thankfully yeah. I didn't get that. And my third option was custodial for a totally cheesy reason. Cause in some Disney documentary I watch, we have, I have Disneyland DVDs of all sorts of documentary stuff. Uh, John Lasseter, which uh-huh. oh, I, yeah. at the time he was great. Uh, yeah, uh, I know he gave a nice, kind of speech about how he started in custodial and how it was this awesome thing because even though you're sweeping and dumping trash and cleaning bathrooms, you're out there. You're walking around, you're talking to people, you get to experience the sounds, the sights, you get to interact as much as you want. And that kind of quote, I forget the exact quote, but it, it was great and it stuck with me. And so I put that at number three and when I gave that little speech, I think I remember my recruiter saying something, that's a good answer. And I was like, okay, now I'm going to get custodial. (laughs) You're getting custodial. And what did you get? I got custodial. (laughs) It was one of those, yay, I got in the college program. Oh, I got custodial. Wait, this could actually be awesome. And it ended up being great. I loved it. I know. Well, like you said, like I probably wouldn't have, I didn't put custodial down because I was thinking like, oh, I don't want to just change trash bins all day. But how was it? What was custodial like for you? It was so much fun. So the actual job itself of custodial, 
I'm weird and I actually enjoyed it. I liked sweeping. I liked trash cans. I would figure out the best route to dump all the trash cans in a row and see where, where are the places where people don't recycle? Where do the overflow? Like, okay, there's one right in the queue of Matterhorn and it fills up because everybody's drinking in line and throws it away. But then this one in the corner, nobody goes over there. So it was just fun to find little quirky ways to make it exciting. I didn't really enjoy bathrooms that much because I could get to talk to people and cleaning bathrooms, <laughs> but it's not the worst. You get yeah. to do all the gross things. You get to clean up vomit, a code V. <laughs> you get to clean up kid accidents and blood and this and that. I mean, it, it all happens. But at the end of the day, like I was saying, the best part was I wasn't tied to one area. I wasn't saying one shop and that's the only place or one restaurant. I got to work in every land at Disneyland and the Esplanade, so the area out front between Disneyland and DCA. And I just got to see anything i could if i wanted to walk over there i could if i wanted to stand here and talk to a guest for 30 minutes i could do that because it's guest service and so the freedom you got in custodial was amazing and i just really enjoyed that oh i love that okay i don't know if this is true this is what i remembered from when i worked at disney but is the code protein spill still mean like vomit is that what you went to radio so that is florida Mm -hmm. lingo california Mm -hmm. lingo is code v Interesting. Yep, a a little bit of a switch there. So when I worked in Disney World later in my career, I had to learn that as an alternate (laughs) thing. Same with uh, golf carts out here or Pargo's in Florida. So different terminology you get to learn. Yep, that's so funny. Um, Tell me a little bit about like being in custodial. What did you get to do? You said you got to walk the lines. Did you ever get to go into the rides and see them with lights on or anything cool like that? Yeah, so um, a lot of that was related to kind of the activities with the college program that you got to do. So like when I was in custodial, some of the cool things that I got to clean, for lack of a better term, like the (laughs) funnest was after parades. We had a shift called Parade Shift, and you basically, after a parade clears out and all the thousands of people disperse, everybody leaves all their trash. So you have to go in and basically just do this massive cleanup. You get like 30, 40 cast members from all around the park and then a dedicated crew. And you literally do a mass cleanup as soon as everyone gets up to where within five minutes of a parade leaving, the area is clean and it looks spotless again, which if everybody had just left, there's just piles of trash everywhere. Plus it was the um, celebrate a dance party or a street party, Uh uh, that Uh parade, which which was like stop shows. So you get to actually stop and listen to the parade for a bit, but they had epic confetti cannons at the end. And so we had these giant vacuums that you had to get pushed around and vacuum up confetti all around Disneyland. So it was so fun to be able to drive a vacuum around Disneyland, picking up confetti and then climbing in the bushes to go grab extra confetti. And just, (laughs) it was, it was just a blast. We also got to do a, what was called pirate boat cleanup. So the pirates, the Caribbean boats at the end of the night, they, they get water in them. I don't think they leak, but they get water from all the splashes and everything. So we literally go there with a huge vacuum kind of an hvac thing and you get to soak up all the water out of the boats to clear it up and make them dry at the end of the night so we just cycle in all these pirate boats vacuuming them all out and it was just one of those fun things that it sounds so goofy but it was a fun time that's so crazy i never even thought about that there'd be a little bit of water in the boats that you would have to clean up and get them ready for each day um for the confetti i'm trying to think i've been to the park a bajillion times and I can never even rec- I remember all the confetti but I never remember even seeing custodial sweeping all that up and bringing out vacuums like does it feel like you're kind of flying under the radar a little bit with with custodial 
Yeah, absolutely. Like, especially then it's everybody's so focused on everything else. You can kind of sneak on in, but if you ever watch a parade, watch 20 feet behind, there's a second parade of custodians coming right after to clean up. So that's kind of cool. And what was where you normally kind of seep in and you, yeah, I, I could go a while and like not talk to somebody and just kind of sneak around. But before <laughs> a parade, if you also have to clean up the route because you don't want any dancers slipping on a churro, you have to go and walk the parade route. So sometimes you'll be walking, sweeping in the middle of this parade route and everybody just starts cheering for you and clapping because they think you're a parade person. And it's terrifying for someone like me who has stage fright, but it's kind of fun as well. One time I had a dolly because I had a bunch of, I don't know, it was paper towels and boxes or something and I was pushing it. And of course it started to tip and they all fell down and I'm standing there in the middle of a parade and everybody's staring and cheers, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you just have to play it off, do a bow, pick it up and move on. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. Oh no. Um, okay, you never had to. I I have a question because I always see these guys and I have a theory, but I need to know. For custodial, you'll see that like custodians will come out and sometimes take a broom and make art with the water. Is that an artist in a custodial costume or did they train some custodians to be artists? Way to bring up a sore subject there. Oh, uh, no. They are trained custodians. They are actual custodians that have been trained by the art department to draw. It started in Whoa. the Asia parks. We saw it on YouTube. We asked our managers, can we do it? And they said, no. Oh. Apparently, we, we couldn't get the proper training because technically you have to be able to draw Mickey the right way or draw Donald the correct way. And they didn't want to have to go through all the process of approving it. So uh, we got that denied. But oh, it no. is now a thing, of course, both here and there. And you just have to get trained properly in how to do it. You also see people who will rake leaves into a shape of a Mickey and things like that. So you can have little bits of fun. But I was not allowed to do that. Oh, sounds like you need to go back into custodial. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although I don't think my uh, Mickeys would turn out very well. <laughs> like Mickey looks a little funny there, Andrew. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. So tell me a little bit about like some of the cool things you got to do on the college program outside of working in custodial. Yeah, so we lived in apartments about two miles north of Disneyland in, in downtown Anaheim. Basically, you just go up Harbor Boulevard, take a right on one of the first major roads, and you're at the apartments, which is pretty cool. Um, so you live in dorms, and I had two roommates. We had one bedroom. I was on the bottom bunk, so we were in bunk beds. So part <laughs> of it is just the dorm experience of living with friends. And I looked out and had two great roommates, still friends with them today. Um, and... One of the things you get to do, I mean, you get free admission to the park because you work for Disney. So mm -hmm. I went, I think our internship was seven months and I went 75 times to the park at least. So I have this huge stack of tickets back when you used to get paper tickets. Yeah. Um, so I do that all the time before my shift or after my shift. And then we'd have fun things like uh, they do grocery bingo where they'd have a bunch of grocery items and you play bingo. And if you get Disney questions correct, you win free pasta or free cleaning supplies or things like that, which was kind of fun. <laughs> um, we, then we got events like uh, we all took a trip up to go see The Price is Right. So that was super cool. And one person from our uh, class got selected and she won a car, which was cool. Oh, that's uh, awesome. That's so L.A. too. Like you did your, your college program out here on this coast. Mine did not get to take us. They did not put us on a plane and fly us all the way to the prices. Right. So you won. Yeah. You won that one. <laughs> that was cool. I've been meaning to go back. Just haven't had a chance yet. But I still know. there. 
Um, then we get to do various things. So they'd have um, special event type things. So we got to ride Space Mountain with the lights on. That was the thing at night. After the park closed, they turned the lights on and we all got to wait in line and then just go ride it, which was totally fascinating. Was uh, it totally. terrifying? So, no. Okay. As weird as it is, it makes it extremely boring. You'd think because you see all the things coming across, you might hit your head, but they're much farther than you think. It looks closer when you're in the dark and it's so slow. And when you can see where you're going, you're just kind of cruising at like 20 miles an hour. Oh, right turn, cruising. Oh, left turn. It, it's, it's not thrilling at all. Is it cool to see? Yes. Is it fun? No. It, it, it's amazing how much the dark makes the ride. That's crazy. So what does it look like? Does it just look like an erector set version of a yeah. roller coaster? That's exactly <laughs> it. It's an erector set and you have this giant circus dome. It's really weird. <laughs> yeah. It's did, a bunch of scaffolding. Did you get to, that's so funny. Did you get to see any other rides with the lights on that don't yeah. normally have lights on? So on the college program, we got to do um, Fantasyland. We got to walk through a bunch of those rides. So like actually mm-hmm. walk through them. So I walked through Small World and... I don't remember if I got to do Toad or not, but I got to do Snow White, Alice, and then we got to ride Peter Pan with the lights on, which was Whoa. really cool. So you see when you are when you go through the city and you're flying over London and you look down and you see little cars moving, which are basically just like bike chains with little lights on them just going over and over. Or you see the clouds and it's like a paper bag just floating there. <laughs> like it's totally Whoa. ruins the effect, but it's super cool for a Disney nerd. That's so cool. And then from Custodial, I actually won a uh, backstage tour of the Haunted Mansion where we got to walk through the Haunted Mansion. So uh, oh, got yeah. to see how the effects work, uh, see how like Leota works and uh, just walk through everything, which was super cool to see the detail and see things from a different perspective. Um, yeah. My husband got to do that one on our college program out in Florida. He got to walk through in the daylight. And he talked about, I think, the thing that he liked the most was seeing how they project the ghosts in that big dining hall scene. Yeah. So um, one of my later jobs that I had with Disney when I worked in maintenance, um, so I was working in the middle of the night. I'd start at 4 a.m. and we got to do uh, inventory for all of the maintenance of the rides. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I'd walk through the back of pretty much every ride. I've been through and walked through um and haunted mansion they have areas where you can see the wardrobes where they get all the ghosts dressed and so when you're going on your conveyor belt and you're seeing that scene all the ghosts if you notice they're above you and below you with the glass in front of you um and so that's because that's the way the effect works is the pepper's ghost is you can see everything so you can actually see the room i got to like walk near the room and see in where they have all the ghosts on their little pedestals dancing or shaking up above and it was super fascinating to see so they basically, if I'm understanding this right, like so the they're the the mannequins of these ghosts are behind you and above and below you of the track of the So the track is right here. Up mm-hmm. literally above you in the ceiling, there's a room up there, and that's where the ones that are like on the chandelier are the ones shooting in the picture. And then the ones that are dancing are literally below you. If you were to go straight down, they're right there. And everything is in front of a glass mirror. So they're projecting their light into the glass, and then you're seeing the reflection back from another set of glass it's totally crazy it's fun though. it's so it's so cool and it's also super cool to think that like that effect was created back in what the 60s when that ride was created oh it's an 1800s effect it's an old like vaudeville act then it's just works it still works today because it's a practical effect which is why it lasts 60 years rather than 
projection, which can go away in 20 or look bad. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Um, okay, cool. So tell us a little bit about like the next phase in your Disney journey. So after your college program, you went back to school and graduated. Yep. And then tell me about how you found out about the professional internship through Disney. So on the college program, they talk about kind of next level or your career. You can, of course, stay in the parks and keep working as attractions or custodial. And then they have kind of what's called the operations route. So you can become a manager or a lead and kind of keep working in that frontline area. Or, of course, they have all the offices. And so they talk about the professional internships. And that's where I learned about it was on the college program. And so as I was approaching the end of college and figuring out what was I going to do next, I was thinking about doing another college program because uh, I knew I wanted to work for Disney again. So I had that as kind of a backup. And then I applied to a couple of professional internships, uh, one of which was a finance internship. Um, so it's basically, again, like a six-month type internship where you would work in the offices almost as if you were any other entry-level employee and you get assigned tasks to work. So the way I kind of got it was actually through the college program because one of the classes that they had in the college program was a speaker series uh, where they bring in various executives and people around the park that have cool jobs and just kind of talk about their experience and their Disney history, how they got there. And one of the guys that talked was the VP of finance. And most everybody did not want to talk to the guy from finance. They all <laughs> wanted to talk to the events guy who told stories about Miley's sweet 16 party and how they planned that. <laughs> so I got a networking. I just went and went to his office and talked to him and I felt all nerdy. I was bringing like the fiscal report from the governor from the board of directors. Like, Oh yeah, I read this all the time, which I didn't. I was just trying no. to make it seem like I did. And Aww. we had a great rapport. And so when I applied for it, I <laughs> messaged him and I sent him an email and said, Hey, um, it's great to, connect with you. Um, I'm applying for this and I uh, hope to be able to work for you. And I was able to get the internship. So I went back out to California. Nice. That's so cool. So with the internship, is it, you know, do they put you up for housing like they do with the college program? What's kind of the difference? They do not. So it's basically, you're just an intern like any company and you just go find, here's the other people on your program. If you want to room with them, otherwise feel free to find your own place. So everyone else on our internship was kind of rooming together, but I was rooming with uh, my now wife, Katie, because um, she came down and did uh, uh, work for Disney as well. So we got an apartment, again, a block away from where the college program housing was because we knew the area, which is funny because yeah. we now own a townhouse across the street. <laughs> so it all comes together. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I we just lived there and I just had to go to work every day, nine to five, like everyone else. And this is more kind of the back end of Disney. So you're doing an internship in finance. You're you're focusing more on that. You're not doing in-park stuff any longer. Correct. So I was wearing a suit or a tie every day and sitting in the <laughs> Team Disney building in the back. And uh, I was doing finance. So I was in the maintenance finance department. And my kind of task while I was there was to do the budget and forecasting for the utilities for Disneyland. So each month I would get the water bill and the electric bill from the city of Anaheim and basically, okay, how much did we spend on the electric bill this month? How many millions of dollars? How much are we mm -hmm. planning to spend in the next six months? And then I had to build out a model to kind of forecast it. And it was a great introduction to how finance works, which is my career today. So it literally taught me how to do my job that I'm still doing today. 
I bet. I bet you are also, I mean, I have no concept of this, but I bet when you're looking at like a water bill, for example, and thinking about, you know, when you go into the parks and you see, you know, waterfalls and fountains continually going, you're probably like, yep, that's some more money going, recycling through over and over again. I mean, when you're in finance and of course you're always looking to how can we save money and that, and then you walk around Disneyland like, do we really need these lights on? Can we just turn this off for a little bit and make it a little bit cheaper? Of course, nobody listens to my ideas, of course. But uh, yeah, it was fun. Quit being frugal, Andrew. This is Disneyland. Exactly. <laughs> That's so fun. So how long was the internship for? It was six months. So after I graduated in what May, it started in June or July and then went through the Christmas, uh, right, the Christmas season, and then it was done. And so afterwards, they had a few positions, not many open, maybe three or four across both coasts, uh, one on our coast. And so there were five people that were competing for the job at Disneyland, and one of my friends got it. I was not offered a job. And so I kind of had to figure out what's next and when can I apply for a new job because who knows when they'll have an opening. And so that kind of started my hopping around career where both my wife and I would drop, jump from coast to coast and did a myriad of random jobs at Disney. And that kind of got us on our career path because we kind of had to hustle our way around to try and get back to the office, which we eventually did, but we had a few more pit stops on the way. So tell us about the carousel of roles that you took outside of finance. So right afterwards, I worked with my managers and said, is there anything like I'll, I'll even go into the park Can I work merchandise like what would work? And they found a job that was part time in uh, workforce management. So basically working with all of the clocking in and out and the systems there and kind of just figuring out scheduling, things like that. And I mm-hmm. hated it. I, I couldn't stand, I couldn't <laughs> figure it out. I didn't know what was going on. I just, it just wasn't a fit for me. I wasn't smart enough for it. Um, so I did that for a couple of months and then I talked to my old manager in finance and they had a connection with maintenance. And so I was a contractor actually. So actually I had to leave the company, but work at the company through a temp agency <laughs> and I did the inventory for all the rides for the maintenance. So I was counting the nuts and bolts and all those things in each of the rides all around Disney. So I'd go at 4am every day and go into all the rides, deliver new parts, go in the back areas. And I had a master key so I could pretty much go anywhere, which was extremely fun. I got to drive a golf cart around. So I was driving in the middle of the night with nobody around, driving a golf cart through the castle, driving around, uh, only hit one trash can. So you can't blame me for anything <laughs> else, but, uh, it was so much fun. It was truly one of the coolest things to be able to walk around in the middle of the night, look around, see no one else and think I'm the only person in Disneyland right now. And it was a blast. That's so cool. What were some of the other places you got to go in and see in the middle of the night? Let's see. What were some good ones? So toy story mania was cool because they have a bunch of all the lights up above. If you actually look above, there's rafters, kind of like a stage show where they have all the lights shining down. So I got to walk on the rafters up there above the ride. Same thing with It's Whoa. a Small World. They have this huge rafter way up top and you're looking down on the ride from 30 feet up. So those are tall ceilings and you can see down. Yeah. So that was a ton of fun. Um, the best one, of course, is the Matterhorn. Um, <gasps> being able did to go inside there. Did you get to see the basketball court? Yeah. Absolutely. So the Matterhorn is crazy. It's so old. It's so gross in there. It is the dirtiest of all (laughs) rides. So first thing, backstage at Disneyland, old and gross. It's just, it's not the cleanest. It's it's just old. Backstage at California Adventure, it's 
clean, it's pristine, everything looks great. I mean, you go in the storage area for Cars Land, you look like you're in like a NASCAR perfect engine area. You go backstage to Pirates of the Caribbean, it doesn't, I don't know if anyone has been in there in 20 years and taken a broom to it. It's just <laughs> old. But Matterhorn, it's wet, it's kind of greasy, it's just huge. But they have this old tiny elevator that like two people can get in, takes you slowly up to the top and then you get up there and the famed basketball hoop is there, which is a backboard pinned on a two by right. four going across the ceiling. There's an old <laughs> flat basketball in the corner so you can shoot a hoop or a layup, but you can't really, you could play a little bit of a game, but it's, it's up there. And then everyone signs their name that says they've been there. So you just grab your pen, you sign on a random board saying you've been up there. So mine's probably up there somewhere unless it's been written over. But yeah, That's it was, so cool. it was amazing. Well, one, I did not know that there was an elevator inside the Matterhorn. That's a new piece of information for me. But that is so cool. Um, I always hear that people have talked about being inside the Matterhorn and it's so rickety. Like it looks like you could topple at any moment. Is that what it felt like for you? Definitely. I mean, it's steel, so it doesn't look like it's necessarily going to fall over, but it looks so old that something could go wrong and it's it's gone. The rickety place was uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Cause it's this, it's all wood. I mean, one stray match and that ride is gone. <laughs> I mean, it's, but it, it's, it was super cool. It's so like, you know, the, the bridge at the auctioneer scene, I got to walk yeah. across that at one point and you see one of the people and they have half a body because they don't need to build legs and right. so all those types of things you get to see. But, uh, yeah, it, that's a rickety ride. <laughs> oh, wow. I had no idea. Well, that's so cool. Okay. So now you've done these other odd jobs. How did you get back into Disney full time? So after that odd job, we went to Florida for an opportunity for my wife. And I worked at the Brown Derby restaurant at Hollywood Studios for a year and a half. I was the the host there. And then I came, we came back to California uh, for opportunities and just kind of be closer to family. And I did the maintenance thing again for a few months. And then finally a job opened up in finance at Disneyland. And so I had kind of a bunch of experience and I'd kind of, parlayed that and said, Hey, I've been working hard. I've been doing a lot of operations work, did a little bit of kind of professional stuff. I'm thinking I'm ready for finance again. And I was able to apply and get a job in, uh, finance at Disneyland with, uh, their HR nice. finance. Yeah. So I did that for two years. Oh, awesome. And you don't work for Disney now, but you still work in finance. I know you and I yep. also know each other from a past, uh, theme park that may not be named We'll name it Universal, but we both have worked for another company uh, on yep. the other side of all of this. And so, yeah, that's cool. Um, oh, I, tell us a little bit about your I love your, the story about how you have met Katie through the college program and you guys have been together for over a decade now at this point. Tell us a little bit about your your relationship with your wife and how you guys have really brought Disney into it, because I think. That is so lovely. And yes, you live, what, half a mile from Disneyland right now? 2.1 miles to be exact. But yes, we are very close. <laughs> I mean, w- let's put it this way. We know it's time to go to bed when the fi- we can hear the fireworks going off. And we did find mm-hmm. that now that they trimmed the trees across the street, we can see a little bit of the fireworks from our front door, which is awesome. That's so cool. So, uh, yeah, uh, our relationship basically is because of Disney. We obviously met on the college program through mutual friends. Um, and we just hit it off. Both of us were extremely big Disney nerds. I mean, to the point where we just 
quiz each other and talk about this and that and this obscure Imagineer, <laughs> this obscure story. Oh, do you have this book? Yeah, I have that book. But do you have the other one? All these types of things. We read the yeah. same blog sites. And so it was just fun to find someone else that loved Disney to that nerdy level that I did. So we just became inseparable on the program. Every day we were hanging out. And so after the program and we were dating for a while, we uh, just happened. It just lucked out where she was from Washington State and I was going to school in Washington State. So the long distance thing wasn't as long distance. We could actually drive to see each other in four or five hours. So once every other month or every month or so, we'd kind of go visit each other. She'd come to visit me at school or I'd go visit her um, on the west side. And we just kind of kept in kept dating through there and then when we went back to uh, work after college we just everything was together and so I mean Disney is such a big part of our life in that everything we do is related to it we live near Disney we've always lived near Disney we we, we vacation to Disney we went to Paris and what do we have to do go to Disneyland Paris uh, I remember yes we were you in, do you yeah. have to if you go anywhere you got if there's a Disney park you, you got to go see it I mean it was so funny. We were in France uh, on a vacation and we went to the south of France. I mean, so you're in the French Riviera, you're driving by, we were on a <laughs> wine tour. It was so cool. And what does Katie do? Disney ship, Disney ship. She sees the Disney cruise line way out in the distance, is freaking out and everybody else in the van is just looking at her like, oh, really? And it's, it's, it's just such a thing that we do. I mean, our fun is to go to Disneyland. We don't just go and ride rides. We go and we walk around. It's our closest place to go get salt and straw ice cream. So we'll have dates there. We go get drinks. During the pandemic, when everything was closed down, literally, I mean, when everything was closed down, we'd go at least once a week and walk around a circle around the park just to be near it. When it opened up and it was just shopping and then just restaurants before the parks reopened, literally, we went there at least two to three times a week just to be around it and to be close to it. It's, it's just a very big part of who we are and what we like to do. I love that. I even... I. We're Instagram friends, and I yep. saw you went to Trader Sam's last night. We did. We said, How hey. was it being back? It was great. So inside was a four-hour wait, which we did not <gasps> want to wait for. <laughs> yeah, the, the four-hour return time. Um, it was funny even <laughs> seeing some of the – we saw a couple other, like, Disney blogger people, and they were had the same thing, and they are like, yeah, no, we're not waiting four hours. Um, but they expanded the outside area, so there's now an outside – bar that you can sit at which was great and so we waited about 40 minutes just kind of waiting for someone to get up from the bar and then we asked hey can we go to those seats and he's like yeah it's open seating so we just snuck right in and then we got seats at the bar and it was great nice so what'd you guys back. have what'd you guys have i had a zombie and then a kona beer and then katie had a i think the krakatoa punch i think that was it this time Ooh. which is a delicious tiki drink we're all about the tiki culture so we love to I get love tiki it. drinks. I know. I do too. Um, well, cool. I Thank you so much, Andrew, for telling us your story and sharing all of that. I, I love it. And, you know, Ryan and I maybe don't have as much knowledge as you and Kate. You guys always school us with everything you guys know, and it's so impressive. But I'm right there with you. I love Disney so much. My husband loves Disney. It's just Adam loves Disney. We love talking about it. And even if we can't be in the parks, it's still so much fun to learn the history and hear the behind-the-scenes stuff. So thank you for sharing. I have a couple of like, I, I don't want to call them rapid fire or fast questions, but I have a couple of questions. I want to see if you can answer them or just tell sure. me, tell me your favorites of all these things. Does that sound good? All right. Sounds good. Cool. Okay. 
So, Andrew, what is your favorite Disneyland ride? That would be Winnie the Pooh. I love Why? Winnie the Pooh. It's so weird <laughs> and so fun, and it never has a long ride. And we could, it's, it's me and my wife's ride. It's our go-to. It's just so fun. <laughs> you it bounce up and down. They have little hefebees on the car. You're in a honeypot. And I spent a lot of time working in there when I was doing the maintenance. So I just love the Winnie the Pooh ride. Oh, I like that. Not what I was expecting you to say. I love it. Um, do you have a favorite Disney World ride? Absolutely. Another weird one, Living with the Land. <gasps> well, this it, it's a tie. I it's like either you, Living Andrew. with the Land or Spaceship Earth, depending on the day. But those are my two favorites. That All day, every day. We can continue our friendship. That is, Great. Those are the appropriate answers. Yes. If I ride those um, two, okay. I'm good, and I can just drink in Epcot the rest of the time. <laughs> Same, same. Um, all right, your favorite Disney food? Uh, the chimichangas at Disneyland from the cart. Where Big do you fan. find those? So they have them at any of the carts where they have the turkey legs usually. So there's one on Main Street. There's one in, There's one on Main Street. There's one on Frontierland. And, of course, there's one at the Edelweiss Snacks over by the Matterhorn. So wherever you are, there's always a chimichanga near you. They're extremely dry, I've... and I know a lot of people hate them, but I love it. That's so funny. I've never been, I've never, I've never eaten a turkey leg. Adam is very upset at me. You haven't either? No. They look overrated, right? Yes. Thank you. Andrew, you can come back on the podcast anytime. (laughs) You are my anti-turkey leg ally here, but everybody wants me to eat one or at least take a bite of one to say I did, but they smell gross. They look too large for a human's consumption. Absolutely. I just hear they're salty. I don't want to eat that. Yeah. yeah they, they, no. I'll go get okay. some ice cream any day. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, okay, what is your favorite Disney resort? Any any park, Disney resort? That is uh, Disney World, and it is Yacht and Beach. I mean, they're two separate ones, but we can combine them together. Because that, that area, walking around the boardwalk and Yacht and Beach and around that lagoon, when we lived in Florida, we would do that as just walks, as a date night. Just go for a walk around there. we go get ice cream and Ample Hills. Uh, the the uh, Beaches and Cream is one of the best places. So yeah. eat hands down. That's the best. Nice. Um, okay, what's your favorite Disney park in the entire world? Epcot, for sure. I, it's just so unique. It's so different. It's It's the best. I know. I haven't okay, been to the Asia parks, so those might be better, but just haven't gotten there yet. Okay, sub question to that. What's your favorite land within Epcot or Pavilion? It is. Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> it might be the Germany Pavilion. It's really? so cool. I mean, even though there's no rides. There's, I know there's no rides, but the shops in there are so cool and so unique. Plus, you can get beer and bratwurst. It, it, it just looks cool. There's lots of cool little details. I like looking into the beer garden, seeing the Oompa Ba band playing. It's, I just get a kick out of it every time. Nice. I like that. Um, what is your favorite season to be at a Disney park? Summer. It's warm. I, I know it's not a Christmas season or anything like that, but I like warmth. I like heat. So even in Florida, I like getting trapped in an occasional rainstorm just because it's a novelty because I'm from California. <laughs> uh, so that's my favorite. In terms of holidays, I like the Christmas season. Uh, it's the most fun. I'm not a huge Halloween guy. It's all right. It's fun. But uh, Christmas would be the most fun like seasonal activity. 
Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Okay. In general, what's your favorite Disney movie? Robin Hood. Hands down. Robin Hood has been my number one since I was a kid. It's the best animated movie. It's so funny. It's got all these cute, fun little characters. Uh, I have little Robin Hood figurines and stuff. Yeah. Robin Hood's number one. Hands down. Aw. I love that Oodle Lolly song. It's one of my favorites. Absolutely. Uh, Who's your favorite Disney character? Donald Duck. So a little more basic. I like Robin Hood, but Donald's the best. And not because he gets angry and crazy. I like cute Donald when he's fun and happy and he's so excited. He's the most like innocent looking guy, but then everybody always makes him mad. But Donald's the best. I know. I like that. Um, What's your favorite Disney song? That's a hard one. Um, I like the Tiki Room. Just classic Tiki Room song. It's so fun. It's loud. It's annoying. It's fun. It's ridiculous, but I like it too. I feel like every time I listen to it, I pick up new lyrics from it that I didn't yep. ever hear before. And if anyone and ever my says, last, it's a small world is not a good ride or not a good song or anything. They're just they just don't get it. Small world's great. No, did the Sherman Brothers also do Tiki Room? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Okay, my last question for you. This is a big one. What movie or Disney character do you feel needs its own ride or representation in the Disney parks? That's a great question. So as controversial as it is, and as much as I know, I love the three Caballero ride at Epcot in Mexico. It needs to be a Coco ride. It has to be a Coco ride. I love the three Caballero ride, but a Coco ride would be amazing and look awesome. It would just work so perfectly. It's one of the best movies. So I think that's just... It's way better than Donald Duck in a Sombrero, as much as I love that ride and ride it every time. Uh, so I would yes. definitely say that. Oh, I never even thought of that. But yes, you're right. I do. I also love the three Caballeros. Yeah. But yes, Coco would be so perfect for that. And you can go through yeah, the, the boat ride. And you go through, and, yeah, and yeah. everything. And you, it, it could be so cool, especially with all the projection stuff you can do today. I think it would be awesome. So yeah, we'll go oh, with that. That's a good one. Okay. I like that answer. That's a good one. Well, good. Well, Andrew, I think you answered all my questions. Um, I thank you awesome. so much for coming on to this podcast. We appreciate it. I know Adam wishes he could be here to hear all these stories, but he'll hear them here in a in a little bit. And yes, thank you so much. You're welcome. Do you want one more crazy story? I'll try to make it Yes, quick. I sure do. Yes, I do. Okay, I forgot about this, but this is one of the craziest things that happened in our college program. So we went to go see Fantasmic one night. We were just sitting and camping. And all of a sudden, about half hour before the show starts, some guy came over and he was just smelling of alcohol, which was kind of weird. And But I was looking over and I'm like, wait, I, I know this guy. Why do I know this? It turns out it was some guy from a roller coaster forum. Remember forums back in the day online, like a message board? Yes. That we used to be both be a part of. It was someone dedicated to a ride at Six Flags Magic Mountain. I, I saw this guy and I was like, I recognize you. I think you're from a roller coaster website. I used to go to and he was like yeah and we happened to be uh myspace friends and facebook friends and so we just got talking and he had just come from club 33 which was amazing and so we just got talking because we met online virtually but we'd never actually seen each other and this was from years before when we were younger and so we were able to get into club 33 from him on the college <gasps> program which was amazing so my wife and i and one of our other crazy disney friends got to go to club 33 for dinner and then it also parlayed into the college program is when World of Color was premiering. And we uh, invited him to go with us to the cast preview because you could bring guests. 
So we uh-huh. uh, invited him to join us to go watch like the Casper. It was the first time it was being shown to anyone that hadn't like worked on the show. And it was late at night. And he said, yeah, I'm actually friends with the creator, Steve Davidson, the Imagineer who created the show and creates all the parades and stuff. He's like, yeah, he's over yeah. at the bar. Do you want to go over there? So he took me over and we went and just went to the, um, the, uh, what's the main bar in DC over, over the water. The, Oh, the Pixar. It's a lamplight lounge. Now, yeah. Lamplight lounge. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we met him there and he was, they were just like having some wine. We were just chatting with a guy who created the show. And then we went and watched the show and he wanted to come watch it with us. So we started to walk down and it was crazy crowded. He's like, this is crazy. Come back here. So we went back to the, like VIP area where the president of the resort was. And he brought my whole group. My family was there and we all just watched world of color with the guy who created it on the first time it was shown to anyone. It was amazing. And it was so much fun. And then he invited us to stay for the second showing. It was, it was one of those things where it was a freak circumstance. I don't know how it happened, but it happened. So it was the luckiest, coolest thing. That is so awesome. I had no idea. And I I love those moments. I have a few of those too with Disney and just in life where you're like, this just happened to be the perfect, you know, moment for something like this to happen. And that's so cool. Have you been back to Club 33? I have not. We were hoping to go for Katie's 33rd birthday, which was during 2020 and couldn't happen. So we're, uh, we're waiting for the world to reopen and then we can find some way to finagle our way into Club 33. We'll get back someday. We went once, and this is the only good thing that happened in 2020, but late February 2020, um, we have a friend who knew somebody who's a member, and they invited us, and we went with a big group of our core friends, and it was incredible. So I did get to do something fun in 2020 before the world shut down. <laughs> it was yeah. Well, great. Well, thank you so much, Andrew. I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Thanks for sharing all your stories. They were incredible. I'll never be able to look at custodial the same. I'm going to probably be that person that's like waiting for the um, the sea of custodial to sweep in and take over after a parade now. So I'll be on the lookout. Well, thank you for having me. This has been a blast. All right. Thanks, Andrew. Bye. Bye. Oh, that was so good. Right? Oh my gosh. Like again, floored with custodial. I can't I can't get over it. Or that he wanted to learn how to, you know, paint with the water and do Mickey and Donald and they wouldn't let him. I know. And now and it's now like it's everybody a, can do everybody it. Everybody does it. It's like a thing. But I I always wondered. That was a good question because I always wondered um if those were actually artists that were like dressed up as a janitor. I always figured that the artists were artists dressed in custodial uniforms yeah. or costumes. Like I really thought they were that good that they had to have been just placed this way. But they're actually custodians yeah. who are just talented people. <laughs> uh, I am floored. I also love like I because I, you know, I know about you and Ryan doing the Disney College program mm. and like your cult of Disney friends that you have <laughs> pre me. There was a Disney life pre me and during Dana's life. Um, <laughs> but, I, you know, hearing about him meeting his wife and the friendships that you all have made like that, that's really special. Yeah. And I think that's super neat. However, Andrew, <clears throat> if you're listening to this, because I was not available when you did this recording or else I would have objected Entirely objected during the call. Disney better not touch the Three Caballeros ride at Walt Disney World. That is 
It's so cheesy. The videos are so dated and old. <laughs> and I love every moment of it. There was high drama over the last few months with like missing Donald, missing like Yeah, they it, turned him into a plant at one point. He stuck a plant up there. I love it. I don't know. I am all for what Andrew had to say about a cocoa boat ride. And I think I agree the caballeros are great, but it's ready. It's time to move on. And they've been like slowly introducing Coco to the Mexico Pavilion in Epcot. Like they have that thing that never works. I think Kurt and I have tried to make it work on two different trips. The ofrenda in the front. The, the mirror thing. Yeah. Yeah. It never works. It worked for us. Oh, congrats. Liked us. Uh, didn't like us. Um, but so we've never been able to get that to work. But, I, you know, I don't know. Just leave a little classic old school in there. Leave the three caballeros. Like, come on. It's propaganda. As we learned after I went to the Disney and World War II uh, museum. Or Disney yes, museum you World learned the yeah. whole history of that the three caballeros. Full-on propaganda, Donald. but uh, still loves me some American-made propaganda by Disney, but... Okay, will you take will you take this consolation prize? Yeah. How about we make a boat ride at California Adventure in the Pixar area of Coco? I, I just want a boat, boat ride, ride of Coco. I don't know about a boat ride. What? Okay, what if you take their original idea for the Haunted Mansion that that was going to be a walkthrough... Mm-hmm. Turn it into like a fun house in Pixar Pier, mm. with all I'll the characters popping out, like all the different characters that were in Coco. I'll tell you what. Why don't we leave it up to all of you, everybody who's listening? <laughs> send us an email or write something on our social Slide media. Into the DMs. Tell us what you think. Do you think Coco One needs a ride? And if you could. Would it be a boat ride? Would it be a maze? Where would you put it? I love that movie. It's such a good movie. And the music? Oh, it's the best. So, so good. All right. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that uh, peek behind the curtain with Andrew. I loved listening to it for the first time when I did. And now for a second time, it's great. Yes. Uh, Dana, thanks for doing that. Of course. And again, you all know where to find us, but please rate and review our podcast. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you enjoyed this interview and want to hear more interviews. It's really easy, guys. Like on your phone right now. Right now. Pick up your phone. Do it. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'm waiting. Okay, you picked up your phone. You wait. I'm going to go get a snack. All right, that's fine. Pick up your phone. Scroll down on the page. See those five little stars? Hit the five. Hit the fifth star. Give us all five. It helps us. It gives us great. It helps with the, I don't know. I'm pretending like I know how (laughs) algorithms work. I have no clue. I barely, it took us two months to get this podcast up anyway on Apple. So hit the five stars. (laughs) Leave us a love note if you want to. Leave us a hate note too. Sure, why not? No, don't. No, we get a little, we could, you know. All right, fine. We can take it. Then we're going to go, you know, combat you over it. But no, I'm kidding. We love all comments. (laughs) But please uh, give us some love on there if you've got two seconds to scroll up and hit the button. All right. Bye, everyone. See ya.